So welcome to another Friday afternoon, af- Friday edition, sorry, of uh, Fucked Up Fridays. Uh, I'm here with uh, my good old buddy Nick here. Say hi, Nick. Hi. And this afternoon we got a special guest going on. So uh, you may not n- be familiar with the company, but it's uh, Motofit Group and Hybrid uh, Marketing. And I'd like to introduce you to my uh, good friend, uh, Rob Birch. Say hi, Rob. Hello, friends. How's it going? You know, uh, I cannot complain. Awesome, awesome. So, um, thank you. Just want to give a little history. Uh, I met Rob um, eleven years ago uh, in Shelton, Washington. Uh, we were the mm. first group to do um, the Shelton Racetrack. That long, long-awaited racetrack that was on the West Coast, that was uh, on the northern. Uh, Northern Peninsula. He's got a wonderful partner in his business. Her name is Kara Keels. <laughs> First time I met her, she had that uh, beautiful uh, T-shirt on that says "More Smiles Per Miles," and I, I lived I lived solely by that one. That's for sure. And uh, so, let me ask you an easy question here. So, uh, how long have you been riding? Uh, since. See, I have a birthday on Monday. I'm going to be 58, which is hard to believe. But <laughs> happy birthday! I started man. riding motorcycles when I was six years old in uh, Southern California. Nice, nice. So yeah. I was a product of the 70s, basically, and Honda and Yamaha, uh, Suzuki. They all, they were all basically discovering what dirt bikes were mm-hmm. and defining what those were, and they were essentially making them for the, the age group that I was. And, you know, when they realized, yep. hey, you know, there's a big market with children. So yeah, the, that's we all the, that's, the one, bikes. that's the ones with the disposable income because they go up to dad all the time, right? So, oh, dad, look Yeah, like everybody in Southern California is rich. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> True. <laughs> what, what was your first bike? Then t- My first bike was a RM80 um, 1977. Nice. And uh, it, it just. I don't know, it kind of fell out of the sky for me. And for some strange reason, Suzuki has always been like this major part of my life. I even had a Suzuki BMX bike. Nice. You know? nice. Yeah. Well, but, I, uh, I, I've always hmm. remember seeing you on like the uh, GSXR 1000s. I've always pictured on that until recently, but we'll talk about that a little, little bit later. For all eternity, I just, <laughs> I really never thought that I'd, I'd switch brands because they, uh, you know, they just, they really nailed it as far as the perfect machine for the job mm-hmm. for, you know, coming out and having a good time at a, a racetrack. It was really the easiest bike to do that with because it really didn't require a whole lot of uh, changing to make the thing relevant. Right. Right. It right. was so their bikes back then. I mean, I ended up with my uh, 77 RM80 because my buddy who owned it, um, his dad bought him a 78 RM80 and he was motocrossing. So I became his training partner. Nice. And, uh, up until then, I mean, I, I'd been riding other people's motorcycles. Uh, my uncle was in the movies down in Southern California and knew a whole bunch of movie stars and people that would ride off road. And we'd go out to Gorman, for instance, when I was a little kid and 
the guy who started um, the the whole uh, wrestling federation back in the 70s, Gene LaBelle, the deadliest man alive, according to my uncle, which I believe. And Brad Lackey. I think huh? I saw an interview on that. They were talking about the wrestlers that actually killed somebody, and I think he was one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He, uh, he, he, well, he, my he, uncle would always say he could kill you with, your, with his pinky. Oh, and, right on. <laughs> and growing up, I mean, this is kind of segueing, but years later, I'm road racing, and I'm um, now connected in Northern California. I lived in Moraga, California, and out and back of Moraga, California, were the Oakland Berkeley Hills. Mm-hmm. And uh, the number of us who uh, grew up in that area, I mean, it was like my own private canyon. And you look at it now, and it's some of the most revered motorcycle roads on the planet. And it was a quarter of a mile from my house where it all began. Nice. And uh, my friend, who I was riding motorcycles with, he was a six-day, um, <laughs> you know, a serious off-road enduro racer. And um, I, he, well, we were in Moraga, and he's like, hey, you want to go ride Canyon? And I was on my Ninja 1000, and he was on a 1990 Honda CBR 600. Okay. And uh, we go back there, and I just kind of blow his doors off. And uh, I, I stop at this turnout, and he's going, how in, how did you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> look at your back brake. It's red, right? <laughs> I'm like, don't use that back brake anymore. Use your front brakes, Duke. Right he on. goes, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, you remind me of, like, my uh, – favorite motocrosser as a kid he's like who's that i'm like brad lackey I'm like you could just tell that guy was all over the back break right and he goes brad lackey you want to meet him i'm like sure <laughs> i'd love to meet brad lackey nice. he goes all right i'll give him a call he lives in walnut creek so now a half hour later we're down at a bar in lafayette california meeting brad lackey and uh you know we start hanging out with brad and he's got all these stories and Ironically, he brings up this story about the deadliest man on the planet. Right. And I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, the deadliest man on the planet? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, you mean Gene LaBelle? He goes, how did you know that? <laughs> right on. Right on. Yeah. It, uh, uh, it, uh, it's, it's interesting. Like, um, it seems like everybody asks you the same question because I remember asking you the same question, too. So, like, how did you do this? How did you get this corner fast? You know, those kind of things. Um, but that leads me to uh, one little thing I wanted wanted to ask you about. So, you know, I mentioned you're part of the MotoFit group, which a lot of people, um, if they know, they know. And if they're in the know, they know. Um, but uh, you were a MotoFit group was a, um, a track day, um, um, track day um, school, basically where, you know, the average schmo like me would go out to a track day and learn lines and, hopefully get an instructor under the wing and learn to be a bit better in the writing and that kind of stuff. So I'm just wondering like what, for all your writing that you've done, like what, what got you into do that, that, that kind of um, uh, business choice or school kind of thing? Well, um, let's see, I would say a lifetime, you know, prompted me to do that. And uh, I've, I've always been very passionate about riding motorcycles. And in 2001, uh, I was just kind of getting drugged back into road racing and, uh, um, I was here in the Northwest and, uh, 
um, one of my close personal friends was uh, super enterprising and always looking down the road for what's next. Right. And uh, he was really transitioning in life. He sold his business and he was just kind of looking for something different. Moreover, he was interested in becoming a really uh, proficient motorcycle rider. And, uh, ironically, I mean, just putting it right out there. I mean, um, I met this gentleman in Northern California at a gas station. Okay. After I had told him that he just can't ride the way he'd been riding, we were on a trip down to, um, a group, a triumph, uh, group in Portland was like making this big ride down to watch world Superbike at Laguna. Right. Right. And none of us had ridden together, but we all met at a location and really didn't have any kind of like agreements or anything. But, you know, I just sat there all day long and watched this guy weave all over the road. And uh, by the time he said hello to me innocently at a gas station, I just about bit his head off with, you can't ride like that. And his, the look on his face, I mean, to this day, I mean, he'll tell everybody the same story. He was just like, so taken back by me saying that to him he was he was curious you know why i would be you know <laughs> saying that to him and so forth and i said you need to be lane specific because you're communicating where you are in the lane to a whole row of people and if you're moving around nobody can count on you being where you're going to be and if something goes wrong i mean what do the rest of us do exactly and this seemed to make a lot of sense to him and from that moment forward he was like will you help me be a better motorcycle rider? And, uh, at the time I wasn't racing. And, uh, ironically the next month I ended up riding for a track day company here in the Northwest because, you know, another one of my best friends was a AMA road racer that I didn't know at the time. I mean, I met him through my girlfriend and her girlfriend had this boyfriend. Well, the boyfriend turns out to be this AMA pro road racer and never said a word of this to me. And we toured all over the West coast together, probably 25, 30,000 miles. Okay. Okay. And he never, (laughs) so the four of us are riding around together and this guy never thinks to mention that, you know, I'm a professional road racer, even though from the time that we first started riding together, it was like, we just, we had this, communication you could i mean we rode the same right and uh it was only after you know him saying hey you know i've got this track day company and uh <laughs> you should come out <laughs> and, and it and it ended up uh me coming out and uh him giving me a vest and saying all right start helping people and that's how i kind of became a, a track day instructor nice um it just kind of, you know, was was part of my whole uh, life at that point because I got back into road racing. Mm-hmm. But I ended up riding for all these different track day companies in the Northwest at the same time and basically lived at the racetrack. Um, or I've been living at the racetrack since, I guess, literally since about 2003. Yeah, I can't and, picture you uh, not being at a racetrack. That's, that's- I really can't picture myself not being at a racetrack either. Like I saw pictures of you skiing and I'm like, what's Rob doing on a mountain? (laughs) (laughs) 
honestly, it's the most compelling thing because, you know, people just, I, I mean, it's like in that environment, um, you know who you're talking to. Right. It's very simple to distill down um, the knowledge that somebody has or even the perspective that they have. And when I, well, I'll just get back to the point here, but, you know, I always felt that way. And I felt like there were some track day orgs out there that weren't giving people good information mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like maybe because they could sell this tire on this day and this is all they had. And I really found that reprehensible. So I found myself really motivated to start thinking about, you know, starting a track day company. Well, my friend who sold his business basically built a racetrack in, uh, central Oregon. Okay. And, uh, it was an evolution for, you know, for probably eight years, we were affiliated with, um, the group that, you know, really started the process and Bob Kalispell, the, um, civil or the, uh, road engineer from Oregon who found the property, developed it, um, felt like it had everything we needed to put, put down some asphalt. And then, my friend, you know, just calls me one rainy November evening, 2008, and says, hey, uh, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> I'm like, well, it depends on what you're doing tomorrow. He goes, well, we're going to go ride ORP, Oregon Raceway Park, just you and me. Right. I'm like, all right. So let's go do it. We head on out there, and it's November and raining in Portland, and it's sunny and 70 in Grass Valley, Oregon. And I'm thinking, you're a genius. You know, you have this track out in the Sun Belt of mm-hmm. Oregon. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to be this amazing road course because it followed the contour of the land. Yep. It was roughly 500 feet of elevation per lap, mm-hmm. 2.3 miles, and 16 turns that were on camber, off camber, increasing elevation, decreasing elevation. And it just seemed to me this golden, you know, goose, like there was something really, really special about this place and that, you know, it had all these different dynamics. It wasn't really like a horsepower racetrack. So I found this very, you know, intriguing to say the least. And the fact that the track was literally out in the middle of nowhere was um, even more compelling for more people because most everybody with AT&T didn't have any self coverage out there right right um but but in the end i it really proved to be an amazing little facility and uh honestly i really did feel like it was the best teaching track on the west coast right up until the uh asphalt stopped being as supportive as it should have been and um it just i don't know it kind of it grows age and it it got dated. It needed it needs some attention. Mm-hmm. However, the track that you were referring to, the Ridge, yep. they have uh, continued on. And I remember that first you know event that well the first time that I rode that track that I rolled up in my Sprinter van and parked on the fr- front straightaway and mm-hmm. rolled a bike out of the back and Rod Powell gives me a tour around the track and. No curbs. All right, Rob, have at it. (laughs) No curbs, no runoff. (laughs) Uh, No curbs, but, you know, that was kind of like Oregon Raceway Park when we were riding it, too. So, you know, with mounds of dirt and a bunch of irrigation-type stuff going on, it's like, and uh, 
piles of asphalt still on the uh, surface to use as reference points and whatnot. It really kind of keeps things in perspective because years later, people are like, don't you think that turn is dangerous? And it's kind of uh, it's kind of an interesting thing when you start like really breaking it down. Mm-hmm. Why it wouldn't be dangerous? Is it is it dangerous at twenty five miles an hour? No, <laughs> at thirty, you know, maybe at a hundred, right? But exactly. uh, trying to understand, you know, what would make something more dangerous than um, just you know not putting your your own. Um, uh, you know, attempt at making the corner, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, in recent years, I'd say we've, we've really kind of, you know, shied away from anybody who's, you know, critical of a racetrack that says, well, that's a dangerous corner, but, you know, because it's all really our responsibility and how we, how we choose to deal with whatever we're looking at, right? Exactly. Um, I think I think the, the the corner, the most dangerous corners, are the one on the streets, really. Personally, because you don't know they what's truly coming, are. You don't know what's coming around the corner or what's in the in the middle of the road. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's funny, you know. I have a garage full of motorcycles, and I I do spend a lot of time riding on racetracks, but I just I'm not that motivated anymore to ride around on the street and. Um, the connection, I think, is something that most people don't really, you know, understand because some might look at that as like, oh, you're arrogant, you know, or you think you're better than me because you ride on a racetrack. But, you know, it's um, it's much, much different than that. Because I think it's more the enjoyment, it's, really. What's that? I think it's more you get more enjoyment on the. You do. I mean, you can actually ride a motorcycle yeah. there. So I look at the technology and everything that we have available to us now, like I was talking to you about yesterday it's yeah. like uh these new motorcycles and their ability to uh in the moment you know change your entire suspension setup engine braking traction control and wheelie control it's uh it's another dimension that most people can't really appreciate unless they're actually on a track exactly, exactly. um but again you know it's like over the years uh i think my favorite thing about MotoFit is that although we had the black group, the blue group and the green group, I mean, mm-hmm. beginner, intermediate, advanced, um, the green group, you know, I can't say that's really a beginner group. It's kind of non-denominational and that everybody is like coming with the passion and they've had some experience on a motorcycle, but they've never ridden on a racetrack. So exactly. they don't know how to connect with that experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And I felt like, MotoFit was really good at helping people connect with this experience that, you know, they're, you know, the 35 people that would be in that classroom on Saturday morning after doing their sighting laps. I mean, most of them looked very scared mm-hmm. and uh, they were not having a good time at that moment. But and they were smiling uh, before the day was out, though. They were, they were smiling, actually, the very next session because we helped them realize <laughs> that they don't have to go out and risk everything to to feel like that they are participating in a process that's valuable to them. Exactly. And uh, helping people realize, you know, some simple, you know, steps to um, to connect with the experience. I mean, it's really no different than, you know, what we do now with, uh, I'll call it lap timer learning and helping people who have been going to the racetrack really 
you know, achieve some goals that they're, they're looking to achieve, you know? Now, what, now, now you just brought this up. I was going to talk about this. Um, I know we talked about it before, but, uh, our listeners haven't, um, you're no longer doing the group, right? I understand on that part of it. So now we're doing, you're doing like one or two or individuals, that kind of thing. And, you know, I wanted to let our viewers know what uh, lap timer learning is. Lap timer learning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. So because, uh, most people don't really, um, I guess from the outside looking in, uh, try and diagnose why you would use a lap timer to um, help yourself improve. Mm-hmm. Um, they might think that, you know, it's only for somebody that's just trying to set a good lap time, right? right. And, right. you know, truthfully, it gives you a measure. It doesn't matter how fast you're going if you go out there and just, you know, cruise around. Because one of the things that you really need to have when you go out on a racetrack is a plan. Mm-hmm. You can't ever go out there without a plan and some really clear intentions of why you're there. So much like the very first segment of the MotoFit Green Group syllabus, I mean, we called it the R model, but it's how do you relax on your motorcycle? And uh, basically, we get everybody asking themselves out loud in their helmet, am I relaxed right now? And taking a deep breath, blowing it out, and shaking their arms out. And we get everybody to do that in every straightaway. Right. And uh, it's it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not motorcycle riding as most people would expect it to be riding around the racetrack. Right. You know, it looks, right, it looks daunting. People are dragging their knees on the ground mm-hmm. and you're going, why do people do that? Mm-hmm. You know? And... It's not really when you're going fast, like you're really trying to do that. That's just kind of part of the process. So helping people realize that it's not just like white knuckling and trying harder, but connecting with the experience in a way that you're able to process what's going on in a calm way so you can make good decisions and come back and do it another day Mm -hmm. and keep growing. Exactly. So... You know, checking in and tethering yourself to the reality of like the moment of what you're doing is a real transitory type thing for people because most don't realize it's that simple to connect with what you're doing and that we all need to be very calm when we're doing what we do best. And years ago, uh, my I ski a lot and um, my my ski buddy. Uh, worked at uh, Yale Heister Forklifts, and they brought in this Japanese engineer. Okay. And his name his name is Atsushi Hirami. And uh, Atsushi skied with Dennis and I for three years. And one night, we're up at the ski area, and we're having this conversation about center of gravity on your skis. Right. And Atsushi, being the mediator, says, well, you're both right. <laughs> but I'll teach you to be a pro mogul skier this winter <laughs> he goes, I'll teach you guys how to be pro mogul skier. I'm like, okay. He goes, the first rule of being a pro mogul skier is we have this saying in Japanese without myself, I can be great. 
And the term is defined by two words, mu, M-U, and ga, G-A. And mu is you moving forward through life, and ga is going forward with nothingness. Meaning, <laughs> you can look at tree on other side of valley and ski down mountain because your body has so many nerve endings in it that it is going to make the right decisions if you trust it to make those decisions. But in order for you to trust this, you must first turn off your mind because your mind can only think of its next desire. And you have to train your brain with muscle memory. And that's what riding around racetracks is. It's all about muscle memory. It's going to the exact same place every single time. And when you're asking more, you are able to like find something more because you know precisely where you're going to go. Right. And that's really, you know, relative to any kind of, uh, um, well, I'll just say carving sport. That's mm-hmm. a muscle memory sport like skiing or surfing. Mm-hmm. You know, we do the same things over and over and over. It's nothing new. And that's probably the scariest thing about riding around on the street is that you're looking at, the random, you don't know what's around the next corner. Yeah, so you yeah. always have to plan for the worst. You, can go you have to same, late apex every corner, right? right? You, you can you can go through that same corner 20 times and it'll be 20 times different. But on a racetrack, that corner is that corner is that corner. Exactly. Your corner, the, the apex is always the same. The thing that changes is where you make the slowest point of the corner. Mm-hmm. Strategically, that's the most important thing. Exactly. And, you know, that's, um, well, that's relative to you knowing where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the keys that really enables people to um, get more out of riding around on a racetrack because the racetrack, it's a road. There's nothing scary about it. It's a one-way road. But it seems, what's that? It's a one-way road. It's a one-way road with no campers and Typically, animals. Some places get some animals occasionally, but for the most part, you can you can absolutely count on it being clean, and that there's somebody around that next corner making sure that you're not, you know, injured or whatever. So you're really covered. Exactly. But you can actually ride, and that's the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, riding what we have available today. It is. It. You know, I think growing up, we've we've always been about trying to make something better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you get the you get the motorcycle and it works fine, but the suspension doesn't give you what you need. And just like a bicycle, just like a mountain bike, yep. you know, the components really make or enable that machine to give you more feel, right? Because that's really what we all need. We need to be able to know, feel what's going on so we can make better decisions. Correct. And that's, you know, that's the real reason to upgrade components on your motorcycle is because this becomes a requirement for you now. Right. Because when you come to a racetrack, it's paying attention to more details. Mm -hmm. Hence the whole technology and uh, your ability to um, interact with that technology to make things lower risk for you. So you're able to um, enable that bike to really be a bionic extension of you. Right. 
which most of us never realize because we just ride what we're given. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to ask about that. Like, you know, the, the main question I want to also want to bring up to you too right now is, uh, I know we've talked about it, but, uh, you know, you got a new rider who buys a bike and, you know, they buy the gear and they buy the helmet and they buy the bike based on the color of the style that they want and everything else. But, you know, um, I think there's, there's one key opponent that I think 90% of the riders overlook. And, you know, like we talked about that yesterday and the answer would be like the most common thing. Setting your sag. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, right. So starting there and having a friend or somebody that knows or calling somebody that says, Hey, do you know about setting the sag or just YouTubing it? Right. And getting your friends to help you set the sag on your bike. Mm-hmm. It's like the most important thing yep, 20 minutes, to begin. 20 minutes and some, uh, and some zap straps and a measuring tape <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to get her going. But yeah, I, I agree on that part of it. Like every bike I've ever owned, uh, the first thing I did was set the sag. You know, I'm not, I'm not a five foot four, 120 pound guy, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm six foot and now I'm 200 <laughs> And, and, you know, my bike's different. And, like, I just bought a new bike to me, and the first thing I did was set the sag on my front and rear suspension. Like, I got it mm-hmm. home, got it done, got it taken care of. And it's it's a lifesaver in that sense because now that bike is really tuned towards you, and now you can you can feel that part of it. So, and, you know, I also learned a lot of the stuff from, from being at MotoFit and, you know, going to the clubhouse at the evenings and that kind of stuff and talking to you and talking to your other instructors and that part, which, you know, for, you know, I, I must say I've been blessed on getting really good information because um, a lot of the stuff that you've taught, even though it's on a race environment, um, transposes a lot pretty well to the street side of it just to keep keep my, my shiny side up, right? So... And, um, you know, it's one of the most things that I'm really, really blessed in, 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 in knowing you guys on that part of it. So, um, I know, I know I didn't want to take too much of your time today, but I got one more question to ask you about it. So, <laughs> I saw you in Italy. So what are the, Italy yes. ro- what are the Italian roads like? I'm so jealous. Uh, they're, they're, um, they're dynamic. <laughs> We were on GSs, and I feel like we invented a new sport. We call it stand-up road racing. So, okay. Um, again, you know, it was <laughs> it was a lot of technology that was paying dividends because um, these new GSs are just like if you're a street bike guy, it's pretty much, in my opinion, <laughs> it's the most obscure motorcycle, but it's truthfully uh, one of the best bikes ever made, right. and uh, you can you can increase your level of safety by tuning the suspension in real time. Like it has a basic rain oh. mode, a road mode, and you can toggle be through between these while you're, you know, riding through whatever condition. Okay. And, uh, it, it's significant, the difference that it makes, but I loved it. The roads are, there's a lot of switchbacks in Italy. Mm-hmm. Basically, <laughs> basically it's a, it's a country of switchbacks and mountain passes that are just breathtaking. And I would encourage anybody to go check that out. You do have to make sure of one thing that that you are not running wide in any corners because, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the roads are very narrow and uh, yeah. So you definitely want to wait to, 
hit the gas before you have direction, <laughs> you know, right. not to hit it before you have direction nice. and uh, wrapping your corners. Right. Well, but it I, was super fun. We really, we really got away with a lot. <laughs> nice. Well, I see, I, I, I see all those adverts, right. For like, you can go there and do a five day excursion and that kind of stuff. And it's like one of my bucket list things to go with. Right. And like, I, I saw that on, on your Facebook page and I'm like, God, I can't wait to talk to Rob about this and like I wouldn't, you know, and this kind of stuff. And then this opportunity of this podcast came up and I'm going, now we can do both together. So, um, yeah. I'm, well, Craig, I guess I just haven't really said it, but uh, the real goal of going over there for me was meeting uh, Troy Corser. Okay. And he, yeah, he. Um, and how was that meeting? He, what's that? How was the meeting? With well, Mr. it was. Corser? It was an eye opener. And, uh, you know, fundamentally, I think that um, what he gave, you know, freely with was kind of relative to the way MotoFit would would help that green group class, Okay. you know, in a very simplistic way. Um, so, you know, going fast relative to racing school Europe and the way Troy Corser is steering it very simplistic okay but same you know rules remain right. where you have to build those tools into your own muscle memory in order for them to be really effective right but you know on a racetrack if you're out there you know planning and vigilantly going after you know these key things um like how to use your feet for instance mm -hmm. or um you know how to uh, move across the seat, for instance. Um, it's really, it was really an eye opener because for years and years, it's like, you know, when you're riding a dirt bike, you lock your heels. In. Right. You can't, you can't ride a dirt bike if your outside heel isn't locked in and you're going up a hill. It's not going to work. Right. But on a road racing bike, it's always been, oh, you got to be on the balls of your feet. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so essentially, it uh, it helps you realize that uh, you know by changing some simple fundamentals of what you're doing can make a you know exponen exponential difference in in your you know presentation and how you're you know utilizing specific tools while you're riding around a racetrack. Right. You know. So it was, it was definitely a life-changing experience for me. Nice. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stroke your ego a little bit more. Uh, I'm pretty honest about that part. The, I remember um, my first time out uh, with, with my duck going around, going around uh, uh, Shelton and uh, we pulled into the pits. You came up behind me and you looked at me and he goes, where are you putting your shoulders? I'm like, what do you mean? I said, you, you literally said to me, you're riding crossed up. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? You said, well, lean your shoulders into the corners. And I'll be honest, that one trick alone has improved me on the track. <laughs> it's improved me on the street by all means. It's like even people are who I ride with, um, they say to me, it's like, well, you know, you know, the corner's not very heavy, so why do you lean your shoulders in? And I go, it's muscle memory. I, I cannot ride any other way other than leaning my shoulder and my head off the center of the bike when I'm leaning into the corner. 
And so you have your head 90 degrees on your shoulders. Yeah. You know, when, well, at the corners, like we just, we were, um, where were we? We were in Lewiston, uh, Idaho, uh, a couple of weeks uh-huh. ago. And we I were, know that place. yeah, we were on that, uh, right. Spiral uh, highway. Spiral highway. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, that nice little, when you're going up, there's a nice little switchback and it's like the third yeah. corner and uh-huh. there's a big drop there. And you know, oh, yeah. my shoulders in and my knees half out and here I am riding a dual sport and my head is cocked all the way around. And all I hear is I actually hear you in the back of my head, get that head around, get that head around, get that head around. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I'm going, and I go, yeah, MotoFit just, you know, it's still stuck in my head. It's still stuck in my head. And, and yeah, MotoFit got influenced by uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> and <laughs> Top Gun 1, you know, where he's like, he's like looking through the canopy of the airplane. And he's yeah. going, come on, come on, come on, you know. And that's, uh, I'd say that's truthfully, that's, uh, that's sometimes what it takes, right? Exactly. And like I said, when I ride, that's all a beautiful the time, road, too. Yeah, oh, it's gorgeous. I got a, I got uh, 360 footage all the way up and down, and I've been looking at it a couple of times a week so far since I've been back. So, um, but yeah, it uh, from the top it looked like a racetrack to me when you look down on it. Mm-hmm. And I've been showing mm-hmm. some of my friends it, and they're going like, "We got to go, we got to go, we got to go." I said, well, "Okay, well, let's plan a holiday and we'll get down that area again." So, but anyway, Rob, I don't want to take much more of your time because I know you got other things going on, and um, you know I really appreciate this uh, this conversation, and um, I'm hopefully. Our listeners might reach out to you and uh, ask you some questions. So, um, you know, um, you know, how can our, our listeners? You're on Facebook as Rob Birch, and then uh, the MotoFit group is on there too, as well. If I'm correct, right? On the Facebook. Yeah, and my sister wanted me to tell everybody that uh, I'm taking clients as far as like personal training. I'm not putting events on right now um i think i'll have troy corser come over maybe in the next year or so and do something at the ridge at your track there but uh i think right now i'm close to area 51 now so you okay and area 27 area 27 sorry that's it yeah yeah and uh we're i don't know it's um we're heading up there on uh sunday night and we have a couple of days up there this week, but nice. uh, yeah, that track. I'll tell you, Craig, it's uh, it's really evolved. <laughs> it's really evolved into something amazingly special. And you know, you talk you talk about not having curbs, and then we mm-hmm. had curbs, and they just weren't really curbs. good curbs. And now it's just this absolute pro facility um, that. I know makes it really easy to do more things right. Hence lap timer learning, right. And, uh, trying to, you know, rate yourself based on not trying harder, but by doing more things, right. I think, you know, that's the one thing on the racetrack that I did that I truly enjoyed too. It's you are riding with a bunch of people, but you're actually only competing against yourself. mm -hmm. Right. That's the one thing I learned. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to have to take you up on this, uh, lap timer learning for sure um once I'm solo too once once i get my uh once i get my track bike built here and um yeah so i'm um, looking forward to that um say hi to mr corsa for me and uh okay i will tell him i got tell him i i, I got his replica helmet still downstairs <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately i don't we'll get my I, best to scotty <laughs> yeah unfortunately i don't have my uh my my uh fila ducati anymore but i i still have the helmet so but anyway, Rob, I uh, don't want to take much more of your time. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. All right, Craig. And uh, be safe. 
Rubber, and you Thanks so much. Rubber side down, shiny side up. Yeah, more smiles per mile. Exactly. And uh, for you uh, folks that are listening, if you go on to uh, see uh, Robert's, um, I mean, Rob's uh, Facebook page, you'll understand what we're talking about But the logo. And uh, say uh, hi to your lovely bride to me, for me, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. So, All right, Craig. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye okay, now. Okay, buddy. Have a good night. You too. Bye now. So uh, that was Mr. Birch. No, really, really inspiring, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't. I, I was I, just listening. I mean, I'm not a, a bike bike person, but obviously I could, I could, you know, I, I was understanding a lot. I could feel that as just, uh, the guy is a, is a coach, but he's a mentor, but mm -hmm. an entrepreneur at the same time. And, and I mean, the value you see. And the way you look at, at biking on a track, what really eye-opening for me mm -hmm. is just like you may make a living and wanted to live around the track and just like live and die around it and mm -hmm. just explore and be such a representation of of, of the field there. And then the way other, obviously, he was in Italy, yeah. but the way other people look at him and want him around to test, to, to, to help or to train people. It's mm -hmm. just great. Yeah. I just, I was, I was ready for the interview, but mm -hmm. not, not as much, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I was going to get involved a little bit, but you guys were so deep into yeah. it and I'm, I'm, I'm don't want to say anything wrong about it. Obviously. I think we missed the introduction part with me, so I just didn't feel it. Was, it's okay. it was like, it's oh okay. yeah, I don't even know. I don't even think it. Yeah, and think he knows I'm yeah. here. I'm like, I'll just keep quiet as much as try to. I'm, I'm gonna have a sip of beer. I'm like, oh, the the cluster stays stuck on. It. I'm like, there we go. Don't, I just I just ruin everything. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. All right. Um, so yeah, thanks thanks once again for Rob uh, for joining. Um, I really appreciate your wisdom. Um, you can take things that what you said as well into it as, as life experience and, and, and to do things. Um, yeah, if it's one person that I'm truly blessed to know, and once again, it's Rob, um, right now we're just going to take a quick little, little fade out and, uh, we're going to do a little refreshment break. And then, um, when I come back and uh, Nick, we're actually going to yeah, uh, sample yeah. some new stuff that I brought Holy in for us. Crap, remember, remember it's, uh, it's, uh, it's fucked uh, up Fridays. Fucked up Fridays, guys. All right. Woo. <laughs> it's going to be instantaneous for you guys, but uh, we'll be back shortly. Fucked oh, up Fridays. That's part two. It's part of the fucked up Friday parts. It's time to get fucked up. Once again, I want to thank our special guest that we have, Rob Birch. And uh, God bless you, my friend. Yeah, what an amazing I, guy. Yeah. You know, the man upstairs knew what he was doing when uh, he introduced him to me. So he saved my life time and time again on the bike. So. So, yeah. So this is the part of the fucked up evening. So I got something special today. Yeah, this is like, it sounds like let's get Nick fucked up. It's, it's a way, it, no, it's a it's a Canadian gin. It's called Empress 1908. And the color of it just it's so sexy. Man. It's like looks like blue. It is blue. So 
it's got a whole bunch of notes in it from rose into it and peach and pear and some apricot in it. Um, so um, this almost sounds like healthy. It's <laughs> I don't know what alcohol is healthy, but did you hear that? Oh, the sounds of. Well, actually, hang on. Just smell that. Oh yeah. Uh, orgasm in a glass. So uh, hang on. Let me uh, get a pour here. I know one, you know, in, in uh, moving forward in, in the future when we, we start doing some, some a little bit more live, you guys could see that color of that drink. It is blue like. What do you say blue that like, is? Like, oh, like Pacific Ocean blue? Yeah, and I'm not a big ocean guy. Actually, I'll be honest. I didn't uh, visit too blue, oh, and I can't. There's that so blue green in the Rocky Mountain, maybe some. some yeah, well, blue, I don't know much green, but it's more blue violet yeah, in it. But yeah, God, smell that. It smells so good. Yeah, that's uh, pretty insane. Clink, clink, clink. Let's uh, give it a shot. Yeah. Oh wow, that's smooth. You know what? I'm gonna be a tr- uh, honest with you. I backed off from gin mm-hmm. because when I was young, I got that Tengary gin, mm-hmm. and we just started pawning that thing back straight from the bottle, and I got so sick. Sick of gin. Oh man. And I just since that day, but that gin that doesn't taste like gin. No, and it's smooth. No, no, uh, no aftertaste. Yeah. After- crazy you know it's got that mm. that thing is dangerous mm-hmm. oh my goodness i don't know why you find all those rings but that japanese whiskey last time holy oh. crap yeah but that fucked you up <laughs> yeah well because i was thirsty <laughs> you didn't offer i was not with beer or water and yeah. then we got into into the podcast so deep so every time i turn around i needed a sip of something and you refill it <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. It. I'm you know I'm sure the the auditor uh, can know at what time it gets a little bit more. Yeah, you know, but we're getting better now. We don't go too 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 long. Well, I got another surprise for you here in a second. Oh, so. great! Something you like better, but uh, yeah, this is this is awesome. Um, we are down a third because masturbation might preferred to masturbate instead of uh, joining us for this beautiful yeah, well that's, call that's, that we had. And, was, and uh, it, yeah, we're going to have to figure something out with that. And the sad sure. part is I, 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 I was feeling that he might have been feeling a little left out because I was buying all these whiskeys that we were drinking and he wasn't. And uh, I came across this today and I'm going, you know what? I think Mike would enjoy this. Look at the legs on that. Holy crap. Look at the legs. It's just beautiful. Yeah, when, when you turn it, mm. yeah, that little... Little dress that lives around the glass so when you it's called it around. Empress 1908 Gin. The original Empress, they call it. And we are sponsored. Oh. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, if they want to they sponsor me on this, uh, I'll be glad to be coming out, colleague, drinking this. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what this goes with, what to pair it with. They usually gin tonic, people. Oh, tonic know. water. Yeah. So oh, I don't is, know. I don't know if. Oh, that is just thinning it out, right? And put a carbonation yeah. in it. Yeah. Which would probably be good for me. 
And speaking of carbonation. Holy crap, what the? It's called a growler. What's a growler? You should see his face. What's a growler? Well, in French, so sometimes words don't mean too much until I... Do you know what a keg is? Yes, I do. You know what a kegerator is? No. That's a smaller keg. Oh, okay, it was... Uh, well, instead of being half tall by, by 10 inches type thing. Eh, or bigger, yeah, or whatever. This is a growler. Baby. Baby, baby kid. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, there you go. So, growler. Oh, I just learned something today. And the growler is sponsored by Clutch's Tools, Edmonton North. Yeah, because, you know, premium tools, premium service. Yeah, it <laughs> does see snap on on it, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Now, Snap-on does not endorse me, but or, but uh, Clutch's Tools is a um, supplier of Snap-on tools. Mm. Sorry about this quietness in the background, folks. It's one of the best in town, actually. I was uh, was looking, uh, yeah, I was, uh, was talking going. about it. Clutch, Clutch Tools is uh, kicking butts, huh? It's going. It's yeah, going. No, you, you, uh, you're pulling good some string, some string, you get either... Oh, the, the business in, in, in the leadership of Canada, you you you're there. You know your name is not. Uh, it's 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 up there. It's getting there. I don't want to just uh, blow blow help your ass, but uh, I know it's there. Oh, it's getting there. It's getting there. Um, so this is my first time doing this, so it's going to be. A so su- so how does it work? It's it's got some. So you, you, it's going to be a success or a failure. So it <laughs> it's got gas in it. So what's not yeah. Not yet. So here's the micro kegger. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. It comes with uh, all that too. Yeah, let me get the. We're talking guys here about a full system kegger attached to. Like a keg tips on it. Yeah. Yeah, keg tips. I'm sorry, my French. Attached to a baby keg, a kegger, a kegger that we're talking about like. Eight inches tall by six inch wide. Mm-hmm. Pretty funky, uh, pretty funky, uh, funky piece. Yeah. yeah. Let me make sure this funny. thing is. Let me make sure that it's in the off position. That is in the off position. Uh, if you can do me a favor and pass me a beer glass. So this is going to work, or this is going to fail miserably. So <laughs> you might hear just a lot of noise and then nothing, and I apologize. So. Um, we'll uh, we'll be posting a picture coming up on the on our podcast website coming up soon. So yeah, let me. Uh, if you guys want to see what we're talking about, because uh, oh here we go the CO CO two. Oh wow, I can. It's oh nice. It's so hot in here, buddy. I would put that in. Uh, you know, I would I would definitely set that on my laps. And I try to get not get rid of the logo, so. Give it a there shot we go. There, We're taking it. some picture for the future website library. Yeah. Say hi, my uh, hi, Nikki. Go. I don't like the term alcoholic Nick, so just just in that case, Nick is fine. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, I'm going to move position here, so bear with me a second. I'm just going to mute. Yeah, just to say uh, for now why Craig is uh, getting everything ready. Uh, yeah, we had a pretty a pretty warm week. It's pretty nice here in uh, Alberta, Canada. 
Uh, we finally uh, hit good, decent weather. I think we're 27, 30. No rain, you know, just, just 32 uh, today. 32 oh. today, so uh, it's lovely. You get the first port, my friend. Oh. Yeah, I can uh, definitely enjoy some uh, this one. Yeah, it's got beer in it. Yeah, enjoy some times with uh, with the family for the long weekend and uh, maybe some uh, some beach. Lake beach, not beach beach, but some lake beach. Some hanging out. Some barbecue. I'm sure Craig will smoke some stuff too. Love a smoker. He's a big uh, smoke guy. He likes to smoke everything. Fish and chicken. Ooh. Oh, look at that beauty, man. Oh, you did not bad. Look at the head on it. I mean, you're... Uh, you're not scared to start blowing that at, at this location here. You could, uh, no drip pan, nothing. It could have just, uh, <laughs> it could have just like, oh, it could have just went all over. It, it would have done a beautiful thing of wrong. Ooh, frothy, frothy. We would have to cut the podcast emergency. Uh, like, like I said, it's, uh, would be hearing us or you'd be hearing a lot of <laughs> you know what we'll probably let it let it running because it's always good to put some uh, some bloopers and then the podcast tabernacle that's cold it is cold nice little foam let's uh, cheer that man oh. mm. what a way to have a Guinness you're oh. missing out uh, Master Brillo Mike oh, what a beautiful beer <laughs> so tonight's beer flavor is Guinness Blonde so instead of using that heavy Guinness flavor of the yeah, dark I'm ale, sorry, I'm not it's, uh, it's, sorry for the Irish people out there. I'm not a black tar lover. It's a, uh, it's more of a, more of a uh, blonde blend. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I, I mean, it does, it does have. Uh, we'll say like a dark blonde. You want a little top up on that or what? Yeah, you can top that up for sure. You know, you know what if. Keeps me away from that uh, blue gin a little bit. Yeah. We even got the right music going on in the background right now for this oh, one. Oh, yeah, man. I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I made a spilly spilly. Here you go. Here we go. Yeah, I hope everybody's enjoying the night so far. You know, we're just going cool, not too much. Uh, I think we're we're cutting down today. I think we're gonna cut down on potty tick and then another crap. I think your first uh, first podcast was a little bit heavy on it, but yeah, I, we don't want to cut too much on it because you know I understand people out there. Oh, we don't want to hear about it. We just want to live a life and this and that. And I agree, but. For people like us that had kids, that that's building generation coming up there, if your grandparents, uh, we should we should always keep an eye, or keep in touch, or always be aware of, of what's happening all there. Uh, make sure we we build a society, environment, and be at the right place for for people to 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 be raised and then live a great life. And uh, there's nothing better than, than standing up for freedom and liberty. Mm -hmm. It's me and Craig are uh, big 
big fan. I know Craig just started his uh, his journey, uh, you know, on uh, well, on TikTok as a uh-uh, no TikTok, no, 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 no. I got rid of my TikTok. Why no? If anybody uh, uh, watched Joe Rogan's podcast, you should see the stuff that they named out and they got access to on your phone. When you give him consent for it, well, it's because you, you speak the truth too much. You, you get you get you get booted. That's what happened. You know, you know I had that too. I got kicked off for harassment and bullying you, of a politician. You, you were doing so great and speaking the truth, but mm-hmm. that's a little bit what censorship is about, and that's what I want to mean. That's what uh, the podcast is about: is to, to reach out people that we we, we couldn't through those those. Uh, those company that 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 censors uh, censors us, you know, to express ourselves with freedom and liberty, and uh, you know, they, they we're here to shoot the shit, reach out people that that want to hear the truth, and uh, that's what it's about. And then and moving forward in the future, we'll we'll our live people will take questions, we'll have video fees, we'll have website, you know, and yeah, as we get it's, going, it's, yeah, we're, we're we're moving slowly there, we're slowly getting there, and just building yeah, our I mean, followerships. Uh, and- Craig and Clutch, uh, Clutch Company invest uh, serious and money into uh, for us to to move forward and and, and you know uh, I have to say I like these alcohol reviews. And the alcohol, <laughs> the alcohol and the equipment we're working on, it's top notch. Like this, all sponsored by Clutch Tools, and holy this, moly, this Guinness beer is. I was kind of con- I, like, I, like like, I like Guinness, but this Guinness Blonde is, it's. It's not an IPA, but it looks like an IPA. It's got a texture of it, but um, my God, it's 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 probably one of the nicest. It nicest kicks I mean, I could, you could walk in a bar right now and just say, "You, you, 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 your system is chef. Look at us. You bring in a car, or beers anywhere you go, but you know this." You can drink beer in Provincial Park now, in some places. And, That's crazy. And, and, and in Minton. So uh-huh. you bring your Krager. Yeah. And then off you go. Exactly. You make a little bit of money. Hey, buddy, you want a beer? Two dollars? <laughs> I don't think so. It's all mine. <laughs> mine, mine, mine. As, as, as my wife would say, I don't like to share. It's <laughs> mm. a saltfish. Ah. Oh, damn straight. Straight. I have no, I have no morals about it. I have no morals about it. And uh, like we yeah, said, yeah. So with the, yeah, no, yeah. So we uh, we didn't have a. I guess we're just yeah, have too much plans for. for well, no. We're just, well, we're we're, we're, we're going to talk about last week, um, and I want to bring it up. How um, so? It's kind of an interesting shift going on right now, and I know you're talking about politics and stuff, but it's kind of a shift, shift no, going I, on I in the did, world I right did, now. I, I, I did but, said it was important but, anyway. I just but just yeah. once we, we here 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 here's a cool thing. So all of a sudden it's there for a while. It seemed like what was good was bad, and what was bad was good, right? And 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 everybody was on that end of it and focusing on it. And um, within the last couple of weeks now, it seems like the thing is shift again. But uh, I, I try to find common things, and sorry if I sound like a conspiracy theorist or a nut job or whatever, but it seemed like when the CERN super collider went off, the world got fucked up. 
And then about a week or two ago, they uh, fired it up again. When it seems like it's shifting back again. There's a thing they call Mandela Effect. And they were talking about things that people remember seeing. So here's one, Simbad. So all you listeners who don't know or do know, there was a video of uh, Simbad being a genie in the movie. Um, and for years, for the last couple of years, he said, he never did the movie, he never did, didn't exist, didn't exist, didn't exist, it doesn't happen, da-da-da. You couldn't find any reference on it. And about a week or two weeks ago, when the CERN Super Collider was fired up again, you can actually find the whole movie on the internet. Yeah, right? I know. So it's, it's, it's kind of a weird what's going on. Now, maybe it's a coincidence or not, but... Um, you know, it's just... Uh, you know what? And, and, and I don't want to sound like you said, like a conspiration guy. Mm-hmm. But I relate, and I relate to life as the Matrix right now. And it always been the Matrix, meaning... That's Wayne's World. Everything is, 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 you know, you have to look at it this way. Mm-hmm. Back in the medieval time... Uh, when when the, it, in, England was facing France or whatever, you know, and they bring the Pope in, mm-hmm. the Pope was making decision. The Pope has his own army, and you got a Templar discovering other land, and all the tralala is going on, and you got the rich, rich and rich and people that wanted to go to everything. It's like where all that Ariaki, Sorry, my friends, to say it never never went away. No. All those people, those family, mm-hmm. those group of people got richer and richer mm-hmm. and they got stronger and stronger mm-hmm. and never went away. No. So you have to look at it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, we're playing we're playing a massive, it's a massive chess game between the good and the evil kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And the, and the, pro- the sad part is that we're just pawns in the game. You know, and it could go as far as... What's true or what's not anymore, you know? Uh-huh. What's science, what is not science? We got, re- we, we've been, people don't believe in science anymore because they got lied. People don't believe in fact anymore. It's yeah, all feelings no, when over pe- fact. When, when people see a, fetch, a fact check, they know it's wrong. Yeah. When people hear about it, that's science, they know it's not. It's all when about. They, when they look at NASA going on the moon, they know it's fake. Mm-hmm. You got more and more people believing in flatters. And it, and everything's messed up. Yeah, it's all know? about the feeling part of it. It's it's and, more. And, it's a, and, and, and people, people will say, "Why are we going fat. down?" Sorry, go ahead. You know what? Why are we going down that road? Because that's how. That's how they want us to look. That's all they want to divide people. They want mm-hmm. all. They, that's that's how. It, that's what they wanted to work. Yeah. You know? It's like, well, the facts are too hard for my narrative, so I'm going to choose to ignore it and go with my feelings, because my feelings will make me feel better. It, Instead of actually being honest and taking the facts and and uh, and looking at the facts and facts like black is black, white is white, yellow is yellow, blue is blue, green, 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 one plus one is two. But even people coming out, well, that's not the right math anymore. What do you mean? Well, one plus one is not two anymore. It's fucking 6,427, 432 because I feel that that's what the number should be. Yeah, and I like to tell people, I don't know, I'm a little bit sidetracking and we have to keep the faith, you know. Good always win, always evolve. Freedom always win. If you look at the story, and and it's always the same cycle, you know. Weak man tr- creates hard time. Hard time creates strong man. Strong man create uh, good times. Good times. Good times time create weak, weak man. man. And, and, mm-hmm. and we're in that cycle right now. Mm-hmm. We had a lot love 
good time creates weak men. Weak men create strong men. No, we're creating strong men because we don't have strong men anymore. And, oh God, no. God, no. and it's it's it's. You look at U.S. right now. Countries are laughing at it. You look at democracy. You look at freedom. You look at Canada, New Zealand. That just well, they're passed. Saying, they're saying the, the they're New, saying New Zealand just passed the most notorious, disgusting law mm-hmm. ever passed in the world that you can abort uh, children, newborn at nine months. Mm-hmm. Everywhere in the country, you can abort a child after his breathing. And I don't care if you're pro-abortion or not against it or whatever. We're talking about. And those people that says, "Oh, what, what, my my choice, my I don't want a gender, whatever," is mm-hmm. you cry over your dog. Why the fuck? You, is- you cry, you cry, you cry over, you cry over your 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 mother dog giving birth and taking life over your dog baby, and then and you okay, you okay over your sister taking an abortion of eight months with her, her son? Like, well, like, what the hell? Buddy? Well, first of all, I don't know why. I'm sorry, I don't know it. why abortion is part of an issue with anybody at all. Anyway. But um, the thing that gets me on all this is how, once again, politicians are using feelings over facts. Exactly. Sorry, right? man. Sorry, Craig. I, I want to have a sidetrack because no, it's, I, it's, it's, it's just a topic that came across across my, my feed. Fridays, my yeah, I came up. You know, I'm yeah. You talk about something, something come up. in California, uh, you're got I, me sick. It's a news I read, and I, every I, I'm sorry, all there, fact checker, whatever bullshitter. When I get some news, mm-hmm. I just don't take a. Hey, CNN says that that mm-hmm. must be true. Now, I search around. I look at every alternate news. I do real deep research. Well, I when I'm researching anything, I don't use a I use a VPN. Exactly. So none of my history, nothing. Yeah, we're not trying day. to sponsor anybody. We're not no. getting sponsored by anybody. No, I just understand. Like if anybody wants to do the research, like you can call me, uh, VPN or whatever, or whatever you feel like. But my issue on this is that. Do your research, like I tell my daughter, do your research, use a VPN blocker to do your research so they don't know where you're at, what part of the country you're on, or what country you're in, and you can actually find news stories over the world. Like, Marinella, when I first met her, first thing she said, Canada's one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And I went, excuse me? She goes, yeah, Canada's one of the most corrupt countries in the world. I said, you're bullshit, it's all free, we can do whatever we want, da 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 We don't do bribes and everything else like you do in the Philippines and stuff like that. Sure shit, she's fucking right. You know, politicians are bought and paid for by, like the Canadian politicians are bought and paid for by the U.S. politicians, and the anti-oil is bought and paid for by the yeah. U.S. government. And the reason why on that part of it, my firm belief on that part of it is, is that when they're buying oil at ten cents on the dollar from Alberta and then turn around and selling it, why wouldn't they do a propaganda and say we need to get rid of the oil? Well, that's the thing you have to. And sometimes when we do, when you do research, and for people to they say, oh, I can't find anything. Well, because 80% of the media and, and the internet, especially Google and Yahoo and all that, are bought off by, by the radical globalist people. It's like, and I'm going to give you my takeaway about the news I got this way. Okay. Now, I did some research. I find it on three news outlets. I didn't find it in Audible because I think they're doing a pretty good cover-up. Not too if they, I'm not sure it's true, but the intent of it makes sense that it could be true. What's up? And they were talking about Tedro from the Who that was arrested okay. for a crime against humanity. Okay. It would make sense that he get arrested for the crime against humanity because I do believe that he did crimes against humanity and and, and, and I think it's right. Now, there's only three news outlets with the Vancouver BC said that and two other outlets 
And then I did some research and, and then people said yes and no, but my takeaway, and you guys don't have to take my takeaway, is, you know, you, I think it's true. And if it's true and it's it, it's been covering, it's deep, 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 because you have to think about the military aspect of it. Could be in Guantanamo, it could be in places like that, because they don't talk about what they do back in there. It's like, if you Google Putin, uh, arrested kid, mm-hmm. child trafficking in, mm-hmm. in Ukraine. You Google that, actually, it pops up. Mm-hmm. Real, you have to go on Brave. You have to go on Brave on or or uh, Doctor Go. Oh, yeah. But it's true. But the other thing too, and I'm not I'm not backing up Putin, but it right. it did intercept a massive uh, child trafficking. They don't talk about it in the news, but that's what I'm saying. You know, where did you get your news? What you believe or not? You know, I mean, you have right. to be careful. Oh, I know. The whole thing is media. And even most people get sound bites off of Facebook, off of Instagram. That's it. Right? That's that's where they get that's where they get the news part of it. Uh, you I, know, I'm, not, I'm not digging in my parent, but no, my parent is like 90% of the people. And CBC then, and, and Facebook and, and, and TVA. Well, people go, well, I don't, I don't listen to CBC anymore. I just watch it. And to be honest, like, to be honest, 90% of the people get it off social media. Is there is there news? Right, the the local media doesn't cover half the fucking shit that's that's covered on on social media. It's more of a broad well, network. There's a reason why podcasts are growing. Well, podcasts because part people of it. are walking away from from news news media and mm-hmm. the news media news media last week said, oh, we there's been a massive crash in people listening to news. But go figure. Everybody's going to podcast. Why CNN down? Well, because CNN we actually down, nobody trusts the news. Well, no, because we're actually doing real journalism. Sorry, my it's French journalism. Journalism. <laughs> journalism. Please, please, you guys don't laugh at me. It's not because our I'm nickname, drinking. Our it's, nickname is Drunken Nick, but uh, it's it's no, he's sober right now, but he sounds like he's drunk. But that's okay. Sober, I will still say journalism because I don't pronounce every word. Uh, I still love you. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, give a live call to. Uh... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Masturbation, Mike, you're a dick. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, buddy. We love you, buddy. Fuck, buddy, fuck. Fuck, buddy, man. Where are you, buddy? Just, yeah, buddy. Get your shit together, man. Time is running out. So, Mike, how much was that? Was it too no one knew you're a cheap fucker, so you probably pay like $75 for a blowjob or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Teeter movies and, 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 and porn up at home. Don't, don't cut it off. I don't think he goes to theaters. No, he doesn't. No, he goes to theaters, all right. Fucking pervert. No, you know, it's just... Whatever. Anyway. Whatever. Let's, uh, let's move on. Yeah. Opportunities are there. As a quote to Gene Simmons, you can give the man the keys to the kingdom. But what he does with it is a different story. Yeah, I know, exactly. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're a fucked up Fridays. We're a couple of beers in right now. Um, beautiful Just interview sipping, from yeah. Rob. Yeah, man, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I'm, please, I, yeah, please, please go on. Uh, yeah, Rob Birch. On, uh, Rob Birch on Facebook. Uh, Motifit group on Facebook. So and also on Instagram as well, Kara Keels as K E E L S. Um, that's his wife. Um, 
She's pretty much the uh, the glue that keeps him grounded. Um, I made a comment to him yesterday. So he called me yesterday wondering what's going to evolve into it. And we had a real nice conversation. I wish I could have recorded it, but there was too much noise when I wasn't was prepared. But um, I have to say, he's he's my Peter Pan. I've never seen him have a bad day. He's always cracking a smile. He always makes a room lighter when you get in. And uh, he always makes you feel better. All right? You take his criticism to heart. Like, okay, here's a conversation that we had. So we were down we were down doing a track day. And it was pissing rain. I mean, pissing rain. We went out a couple of times and got soaking wet and stuff like that. And then at the night, there's a, there, they have a... They have this hall. So we're in there and we're potlucking everything. Everybody puts all the food together and potlucking. So um, me and my buddy Scott and uh, um, another friend of ours was there. And uh, Rob comes over. And we're like, like, how do you do that, Rob? Remember he says to the guys, how do you do that, right? And I said to Rob, goes, how do you do that? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, fuck, man. You just passed me like I was standing still in the carousel. I said, how do you do the carousel? So carousels turn... A 7A and 7B, we call it. So in the ridge. And basically what it is is a big wide apex, like a big wide corner. And it's a double apex with a decreasing radius at the end. And then you're going a blind corner down into uh, into turn nine. Uh, but anyway, right with Rob, goes, you know, how do you do the carousel? So fast. He says, well, first thing you got to do, he says, when you're coming around, he says, you're dropping down in the second gear. And you let the back tire spin up, slide it in. And as you're going through the corner and you're tightening it in, you want that front tire to ch- chatter. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, you want to have that front tire to chatter through that corner. And we're going, you want the tire to be unstable? He goes, yeah, because you're putting <laughs> you're putting power to the back wheel. And the back wheel is doing your steering for you. Um, you need to put a lot of trust in the guy. So I'm like, say, yeah. mind blown. Like, mind blown. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So Sorry. Um, the next time we went to track days... Um, that was um, August, I think. Yeah, it was August we went. And I'm down on my, my new bike, right? And we're going through, and I'm going up to the carousel, and I'm going, all right, take a breath, take a breath. All right, calm, relax. Okay, come up, I'm in fourth gear, drop it down in the, drop it down into second on my bike. Back tires chattering, the front nose is dove in. The back's gotten light. I feel the thing just slide in my back end of it. Take, take my position and lean into the corner. Bike follows in around the corner. As I'm going through the corner, I start going on the gas. But instead of slowly going on the gas, I'm going a little bit harder and harder and harder, right? So I got my traction control on my bike so my back wheel won't spin up. But it was giving me maximum grip. And then I felt the front tire shatter. And it scared the shit out of me first. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Back tire, back tire, back tire spin. And I tightened in that corner so tight that they have a little. They had a little cone in the in the apex, second apex of the corner. And my front knee, I had to lift my knee off the ground so the cone can go underneath my knee so I wouldn't hit it. And I shaved off. I shaved off about three seconds of my lap time on that one corner. Holy shit! That's right. so awesome. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Like I said, when, when I said when I said Rob changed my life, he's changed my life in writing. 
Positive. Right. It's, sure. it's always that light grip. It's always the breathing. It's always to have fun and have trusting equipment. And, you know, and once when you know the term, the term we were talking about earlier, sag. And what we mean by sag is that when you sit on the bike, how the bike sags or squats. So bikes are set up for. No, I, I the bikes, don't understand bikes are set up for a hundred fifty I mean, pound person, I mean, right? You show up, you you're two forty. Mm-hmm. It's obviously that's not, that's it, without it, gear it, on. It's, it's obviously not gonna react the same way than the, the factory setting. Well, because so the factory setting, she's she's sagging even are, more, right? You guys are pretty much setting it to your weight because the, the factory right. setting is not your weight setting. Right, right. we're yeah. putting more preload onto it, so yeah, stress yeah. and spring out. So when it comes people down, people don't understand that yeah. unless you unless you buy it and you're the same weight that the bike was set for. Yeah. You have to reset the whole yeah. thing. Not very many people, like, like even a quote, uh, Nikki Hayden, God rest his soul. And people there, could people could drive it and say, it drives like shit. Uh, yeah, because it, it's not the bike. It's, it's you. It, it's you. You don't notice in a car because on a 3,000-pound car, 200-pound person is nothing, right? It's but on a, on a 300-pound bike, a 200-pound person is over half the weight of the bike, right? And then the bike yeah, is... There's a big difference. Right. Yeah. So you the bike has more... You have more influence on the bike. Uh, Definitely, yeah. you know, to quote, to quote, uh, a couple of Moto GP riders, you know, you're driving your car. If you lean your shoulder into the window in the car, it does nothing to the trajectory. So I could of the take car. the same bike and you, and you see, I took that that curve at 140, and then I get on it, and I just fucking woo, got off of it. I'm like, why did I take off off the road? Because yeah. you were heavy, and your bike stick. The bike set up for me. The bike set up, and it's stuck in the curve. Yeah, me. And I came. I was like feather light. Sit on the big bike and then just the bikes chattering, the bike start, the chattering bike and jump, yep. jumping off. You exactly. Know what I mean? exactly. And I'm going to tell you, oh, you lied to me. It's mm-hmm. impossible. How did you do it? It's mm-hmm. not because I was not good. It's because it's not the bike's not fit for you. Yeah. Everybody's got to realize that when you're getting the motorcycle, the bike has got to get tailored made to you in order to maximize what that bike's potential is. You'll never get. Yeah, if you want to, you want to get the best of the bike. Mm-hmm. You have to get the bike. You have to set the bike to get the best of you. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And like, like I said, I got mine done. My, uh, I got that dual sport downstairs, that Ducati Multistrada, and I've got that done for my weight. So when I hit bumps, it doesn't rattle as hard as it used to, because before, it was set up for a lighter person, so it was always sagging down. So I had less travel, so it would hit hard and rattle hard and everything else. So, so now, yeah. So if you have you and me, and I take your bike, I'll be it'd be harder for that me. thing's going to bounce high for you. Me, I'll be, I'll be uh, everything. Yeah, it's going to push back more on you. Yeah. Right? And before, for me, it was down and it wasn't pushing up hard enough, so I was always bottoming out. It was so, like duck, 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 yeah, duck. right. So I had less travel, so I had maybe about two inches of travel. Now I've got my my five six inches of travel now on that front front fork for the maximum. Now, if you're driving, your weight wouldn't bring it down. It'll rebound real quick on you, but it wouldn't it wouldn't it and it wouldn't drop down really quick. So you might find that you wouldn't get a lot of grip on tire on the road. Right, or you find the front tire slides a bit, or you get a lot of understeering kind of thing. You know, to quote a car term, which is all not good, especially on street riding. But uh, uh, yeah, it was like I said, it's it's one of the things he's always said is the main thing to be done is the sag or the suspension travel on the bike. But uh, yeah, no, it's been it was a, it was an interesting interview with him. Um, kind of hoping though we'll uh, we'll, we'll see him. Uh, James Tolson in the future for an interview. Little little world super bike. So Okay. But yeah, I guess it was great. Too bad Mike missed it. Too bad. Yeah, we have to mention we have to mention too, uh, we can uh 
You guys can find us on, on uh, can we say Amazon? Uh, well, we're on uh, Spotify. If you're hearing this now, you're already on Spotify. And all the uh, the affiliates. Well, Amazon Music, too. Right? Amazon Music. Yeah. We're on there, too. Yeah, please, you guys go, go you know, just tell, yeah. tell, you know, we're there. Yeah, we're not on iTunes yet because they want too much money. And we're, and we're not, we're not that, we're not that wealthy yet. No, well, with your guys' help and um, if you, you know. Just click that like button and subscribe. Yeah, yeah, just tell, uh, tell people and let's, let's build that up, man. We're, we're here to help everybody, keep people in check, speak the truth, you know. Well, like I said, we're just, man, you know, if you, you know, and, uh, truth we, according you know, to dad shooting shit. So yeah, we've been <laughs> trying good, good. Uh, yeah, we're trying shooting shit, but we're coming with good stuff. We've been trying mm-hmm. new booze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, booze reviews, food reviews, movie reviews, food review, politic reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trudeau sucks. What does he swallow? Uh, yes, he does. I'm sorry, I'm doing, uh, you're actually hearing, um, <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, okay. Uh, I guess, uh, well. yeah, it's an advertising on SoundCloud, so. Oh, here we go. So we're, we're pulling, we're pulling advertisement. Well, yeah, we're doing free music, uh, <laughs> non-royalty music via, um, via a SoundCloud. You know, so that way you don't have to pay a royalty rate for stuff. But yeah, it's, um. It was a good conversation. Kind of hoping that uh, maybe one day we'll actually talk to Mr. Toslin. So I'll be gobsmacked on that one. I wouldn't know what to do. What to say? Yeah, you were doing pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. You, you're prepared. Mm-hmm. You sound good. You're nothing too too, too flaky. Well, I think I think you I, know, I think you my, forgot my, to introduce me. That's the only thing. No, I didn't. I said hi. I said I said Mike. Mr. Nick is on the line. No, you didn't say that. Okay. Well, it's okay. When we upload it, you listen it's, to it. Uh, no, it's, we're not perfect. First, first big interview we had. No, but, was I was I was. I, I, yeah, Rob, I, I Rob, didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to breathe. Rob, I'm like, I mean, I think that that interview is going to be. Uh, well, if you did the big bang there, we kind of kind of muted you out. Anyway, thanks. So. <laughs> you know, I said it's going to be. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good interview. We're going to have it mm-hmm. in their library, so mm-hmm. I just want to make sure it's. It's done perfectly. It's all part of Fucked Up Fridays. Oh, I put my signature in it. Drop the... the but dang. Drop the poster in the middle of it. Yeah. Hey, somebody in the background. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, yeah. I got to say one thing, though. Rob's really motivating. He's... Um, he's um, He knows his shit, to be honest. And it's kind of amazing. It's like, I'll be honest with you and everybody who's listening to this. It's... You never know... You never know who's in your life, and you never know what kind of effect that person will have on your life until you actually reach out and find out about them. No, for sure, yeah. yeah no. Well, like like you said, I met Rob about eleven years ago. I think I think for you, uh, especially if you if 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 racing and biking, it's still in your heart. I mean, I, I always think you should keep contact with the person all the time. Well, like like I said, it's, it's yeah. I mean, you don't have to be best friend, but there's there's other. I, mean, I feel I feel he's always going to be there for you mm-hmm. if you need if you yeah. need him. Well, there's other people that I know too in the industry. Like I I'm, I'm I think our next interview we'll have is uh, uh, with a gentleman by the name of Scott Collins. So um, he was the owner of a uh, motorcycle repair shop, and then uh, about a year ago, 
actually a year yeah a year ago a year ago this month he goes i'm done i shut down the shop so he shut it down and then for nine months mm. him and his girlfriend jumped on their dual sports and he went south he went all the way to panama wow and then came all the way back mm. and some of the things they got into like there was one they they uh, they um um their face, their YouTube is Adventure Co-op. But there's one of those videos that they've got there, and and he's talking, and there's these they're in Mexico, and there's these burned out cars with bullet holes. Oh shit! And he's going, yeah, I don't think we're in the right spot in Mexico right now. <laughs> Holy crap! And I'm like, well, I know they made it because the video got uploaded, and he's narrating, but it's fucking freaky, right? And he's like, oh, well, hopefully I don't get a flat tire. Hopefully I don't get a flat tire because we're riding over a rough road too, right? So. And the GPS got them going on these back roads and everything. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. But that's the cool thing about, about about the adventures, right? Is that you get into those things and you get into those memories that are made. And, you know, everything came out great for him, which was awesome. You know, like I, like I mentioned to Robert, uh, Rob, we were down at uh, Lewiston. And we did that the, we did that uh, Sky Highway. Phenomenal road. Phenomenal road. You could literally spend the whole day just going up and down. It's an eight-minute ride on bike. It's eight minutes. The speed, the maximum speed limit is 30 miles an hour. We're doing 60. So we're doing double the speed limit going up the road and doing it back down again. Go back up, right down. You can do this all fucking day, all day. Right? And it's just gorgeous. But there's so many other roads like that as well. Like, you know, one of the ones I did in Oregon years ago, we were back in John Day area and we're doing these backside mountain roads. And, you know, one of my fondest memories, and I got a picture of it on my Facebook page, is we're coming over this flat land and my buddy my buddy Wayne has got the camera out and I'm standing on top of the bike doing a crucifix going at 60 miles an hour right you just took a picture of it you know it's things like that you remember right it's pretty, it's pretty cool so never be afraid of an adventure you know you're working on your adventure right now and that's that's in the Philippines right yeah, Damn, that's Mr. one Bill. of them. That's one of them. It's, it's the mainly for 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 me, but for for my wife mostly. And you know? uh, it's yeah, it's an adventure, man. It's been looking forward for it, and uh, yeah, we're building a life there too, you know, with the property and mm-hmm. everything. So it's all about it, right? Like us, so we're, uh, we're building. Yeah, our... I know. I've, 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 I'm a big dreamer. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneur and then and, and like you and then and, and, uh, just try to to get my hand and and a few things that that's gonna help achieve them. Mm-hmm. And I like to help people and pack people and, and, and I, I think bring hopes and the truth. And I'm a freedom fire. Yeah. That's where I'm here. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not super wealthy, and then I'm I'm, I'm hoping to 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 get get there so I can can bless people in my family right. generations to come because I think we're living in a in, in a generation that that uh, globalist wants to separate uh, rich and poor and and, mm-hmm. and I mean if and if you if, if you don't draw the, the the line in the sand and say well not separate hey, the rich and the poor they want to get rid of the middle class no, exactly but if you don't draw the line in the sand and says where you want to be you want to be poor you want to be you want to be the rich class and it's sorry to say but if you don't put the work out there and then and, and double down and then and, and 
you're gonna hold nothing and VIP and live in your cubicles and have the government feeding spoon feeding you. You know yeah. what I mean? And then it's, you're complaining why you got nothing. But that's where we're going at. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I'm sorry to say for people out there that that thinks that it's retarded is that's the reality. Well, it's always is 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 is, is uh, get your shit together and and and, and be an entrepreneur and, and get out there and then build something for yourself because uh, time is limited. Now. Yep, time is limited. Well, look at look at us. Like I spent, we spent um, opportunities everywhere. We spent Sunday cleaning up the store, getting it organized, redoing a whole bunch of stuff. Me, my wife, and my daughter. Having a job eight, right. eight to five, uh, five days a week is not, it's not the way of doing it. No. Definition of I insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again looking for a different result. That's exactly. that's 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 a, that's a that's working being, job. That's being parallel. No, no. That's, that's all the matrix. It's being part of the matrix. Yeah. That's all, that's all programming. School started that. How does school start that? Well, school started by going, you know, you got your ding, 1045, recess. Ding, 12 o'clock lunch. People don't understand why you go to... Exactly, they're getting you ready for work. Mm-hmm. But the, the school back in the day was just temporarily. That was to help people working for business. That was... School was for people who own businesses back in the day to get more educated, to grow their businesses. And then they took oh, school... Back in, the, back in the day... And was they a- took school and then make it... They made it a government thing to raise to raise people. Well, back in the day, to be honest, it was the wealthy, and, and, and it's they, the wealthy people that got educated. Exactly, people who own businesses. So they can grow, mm-hmm. and then they took that and they said, "Hey, got the kids involved. We can get the kids involved, give them loan, and they're gonna be dependent on government, and then we can in- indoctrinate them and mm-hmm. put and, and 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 make them understand how we we learn, and then and how we go now. Exactly. You got too much educated people with no job, mm-hmm. working at the freaking hundred thousands of dollars of of courses, working at Starbucks." At 30 years old. Yeah, but a degree in political arts is not really prepares you for the world. I'm sorry. You know, it's like people trying to be an actor. I want to be an actor, so you get one in 200,000 and actually makes a career out of it. I mean, it's it's, 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 it's being a professional hockey player is to be like a fantasy, you know? It's, it's more real than being a freaking... Mm-hmm. I know. It's easier. I'm not saying it's easier, but anyway, it's just like better chance of being a hockey player and making a million dollars. I than do you believe. No I do believe. I do believe that working hard and working it's a, it's it's a necessity for you and everybody. I gonna, you and I are going to disagree on that. No, um, let me finish. Mm-hmm. I think for everybody that grow up mm-hmm. as kids, mm-hmm. it's a necessity to them to understand what works looks like, mm-hmm. to understand what being an entrepreneur is after because if you don't know how to manage a little bit of money and create money then when you get a lot of money you'll be screwed yeah i, I agree with that i see people that because fail. i see people i know i know i know a lot of wealthy people that could give the chance to the kids not to work to never work in their life but they do put them to work in school because they need to understand what it is to mm-hmm. if you don't understand what's what whether an eight to five job is if you don't understand what it is? Well, I, then I, you 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 you're not you're not gonna understand how to go against the grind. You I, know I, what I, mean? I I see people fail on that all the time. Um, but you said work harder. No, I believe I personally believe that you no, work no. smarter. Yes, no, I'm not saying work harder. I said it's important for people. Uh, it's important for kids to understand what is a job. It's important for kids. Even if you're a wealthy man, 
it's important for them to have a job a little bit to understand what's a job. Right. So they can appreciate. Well, I'm a firm believer that you start off young and you get your job, get your if work you're gonna experience. Pass, if, 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 if you're going to teach your son. Another term they call it is a hustle. Learn a hustle. If you're gonna and teach, what a hustle is, if you're gonna, working for yourself. If you're going to teach your kids to be an entrepreneur and create passive income, mm -hmm. you need to understand what a job is first. Yeah, I agree. You're not going to give them money just like yeah. that. Like I know? told my daughter, I said, you're going to wake up, you're going to take your first couple of jobs, you're going to fucking hate it. She's what I mean, so you're going to get up, you're going to hate going to it. But it's part of it. Yeah, part of learning. It. Part of learning. It's part of learning. You have to go against the grain. All right. And yeah. then eventually, eventually you might find, if you're lucky, you'll find something that you're really good at and something that you enjoy. For me, unfortunately, it wasn't until, it wasn't until my late 40s that I found something that I totally enjoyed that I felt like it was built for. You know what? I don't want to get too personal, but I I was not sport. I was a wealthy family, mm -hmm. but I had everything I needed, and I fall back in a few years as as a pretty severe. I did a lot of drugs, you know, mm -hmm. right? but I had I had I had to go through that to understand. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, yeah, I know what what living a great life and, and everybody's got to go through challenges, you know, right? I was just like. When you're young, having fun and everything is great. It's, it's great, young. but that if, if you don't have it hard a little bit there and there, you're not going to understand. You know? I understand. Like I said, I'm not saying everybody needs to go to the ditch first, but or be in the street. Well, if you know where the ditch, is, if, you, if you know where the ditch is, you might be able to avoid it. Right, but like I said, I got. I, it, see, if it, you uh, you have to learn to work for it, mm -hmm. you need to learn to know struggles. What's hard? Yeah, well, no. it's over forty. Like I said, for me, it was like forty-five years old, and I finally found my career. And I was so nervous on it, every day. I thought I was going to get fired because I didn't think it was good enough. Exactly. Right. And then I turned around, bought my own franchisee about a year ago, and now I'm going. Oh, you work for me now. Like I need this and that. And unfortunately, there's a sad, there's a bad side of me that's coming out, and 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 Marinelle would agree onto it. And she says to me, he goes, you're walking around like you're entitled. Right? And to be honest, I that do. Could be... To be honest, I do. Because you know why? I work my ass off. I know what good service is. And I will give my customers good service. And I expect from the quote in the Bible, do unto others as you have done unto you. And for me, I've done unto others as I expect done unto me. And when it's not done unto me, I, got, I hold I people got, accountable for it. I got a good couple examples. I'm not going to say name, not any company name. So I got... One of the middle company that we we do business with uh -huh. had the dad has two sons, same age just about, mm -hmm. and then they uh, they grow up into the company mm -hmm. as if they were supposed to take over the company. Yep. One son's still there these days, mm -hmm. and he show up he show up at the office at ten o'clock every day. Mm -hmm. He's got four, and then and then the dad still didn't pass the company over to him yet because. Right. Probably because the, the kids show up at ten o'clock. It's not ready. You know the business is probably gonna be under. And the other son, and the other son was doing really great. Yeah, because he, he he quit to go do another job because he was tired of of of, of being surrounded by friends saying, "Ah, oh, your dad, you got everything giving to you. Mm -hmm. You know you're lucky." He said, "Yeah, I'm gonna show you, buddy, that I don't need my dad to to create success." And he. Went on his own and he created success mm -hmm. on his own. And he yeah. didn't have to pass it, but that's how it worked. But even the son that was getting everything in his hand didn't took advantage of it. Show up at ten o'clock every morning. You think that? I'm sorry to say, 
You think the kid's gonna take over the company? Well, that's usually the case when you get people like that. Well, they show up yeah, at 10 o'clock. They, still, think, they think the owner of the thing, they're gonna be the boss if, man, if right? The son sh- if the son show up at 10 every day, he's not gonna take over the company. The dad's not gonna let it go tomorrow. That no, thing's but, gonna go down the ground. But the kid's gonna bitch and complain why he's not taking over the company. And he's not understanding that he has to show then, up. Then the dad's gonna hold, the, the dad's gonna run, the, the dad's gonna never retire because his son is not ready. But his mm-hmm. son never had a real job. He doesn't know what it is to wake up at 7, 6 o'clock and go to work. 6? I'm up at fucking 4 every morning. Exactly, but he show up at 10 o'clock every day in the office. His dad's company, his company. You know, I got my wife coming with me the last, all this past week. Right? We're up at 4.30 in the morning, man. Yeah, like, she, used to, she makes fun of me. It was like, shoot me if she used, I had to she used, wake up that early. She used to make fun of me, right? Goes, why are you going to bed so early? Why are you going to bed so early? And then this past week, right? After being up 4 o'clock. I go to bed, I, I go to bed at, at 11.30. I wake up at 5.30. I'm in bed at 9. Uh, Out 11, cold at 9 p.m. 11.30, dying. I wake up at 5.30. I want to shoot myself. Yeah. Because Nine. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, what? sorry, my language. Why do I go to bed so late? Mm. Because I hate myself in the morning. Crazy. But anyway, it's fun. But part. I want to enjoy time. I spend time with my wife and kids all evening. And then, the only, and then I spend a little time. You got that, right? My, my and then, but by the time the kids and, and then my wife go to bed, it's 10 o'clock. I'm like... Oh, I do my trading online, you know, I do investment, I'll do my learning, and I watch maybe a one episode of a show, and well, then I'm like... Oh, that's it, right? That, that's, 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 that's it, man. I, I, that's like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, oh you have to be willing to sleep five hours a day. No. <laughs> it's just like, well, my, if you don't do that, you're not going to make it. Uh, that's bullshit. But it's, it's, um, like, I got adult kids, so spending time, they're pretty much on their own. But I used to get a kick at Marinella, and she's laughing. Why are you going to bed so early? Why are you going to bed so early? Because I'm tired. Why are you tired? Why are you tired? Because she would go to bed at 11, 12 o'clock at night and then get up at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Right? But now, this past week, going to bed with me, going being up at 4.30 in the morning and in the in in the store by 6, this is a preview file. 8 o'clock at night, we're out cold. We're in bed. Getting ready to go to bed. 9 o'clock, out solid. Out solid at 9. Right, so, um, you know, it's cool. It's on that end of it, and it's good that she's understanding that part. But, uh, yeah, I'm a firm believer of early to bed, early to rise kind of thing. But, you know, but that's my business. I'm usually at my first stop at 7 in the morning. Right, and then the business manager used to call me in the beginning. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. Where are you done? Because I am. But you still got like two hours left in the day. I go, no, I don't. So I mean, well, I'm at my first stop at seven. He says, well, you keep going till six. I'm like, I keep going to six. I've seen everybody, seen all my customers. Everything's done. Right. So. But anyway, uh, I think it's time to wind down for tonight. So uh, once again, the Empress 19, 1908, which is after the Empress Hotel in Victoria is who it's named after so Empress 1908 Gin so it's a Canadian gin company yeah man well your collection's getting great man and, I can uh, see that up there uh, we good well, that's a green up there though isn't it yeah right. well I'm sure you're giving a lot of a lot of that's a lot of choice for the kids yeah <laughs> I got a laugh I was in Costco I wish I was younger and just uh, be, uh, well, be, see, uh, be your son see, I'd be like whoo See, that up there 
Daddy's gone. Uh, Daddy's gone, and I have no (laughs) no appreciation for the taste of that. Uh, you yeah, remember mix 17 it Pepsi. This, uh, this is mixed with Pepsi. Oh, let's, let's just try it. Yeah. You know, you're 17 years old. Now you care about is getting fucked up. Mm, right? Yeah, that beer didn't taste good. Nothing tastes good. This just, yeah. just want to get fucked up. Just want to get fucked up. That's it. All about getting drunk. Woo! Fucked up Fridays. For me, you know, uh, at my age now, it's what they call a, what you want to call a mature palate, but it's more about. The flavor and, and, and the nuances and everything. And this is why, you know, I don't mind on Fucked Up Fridays that we review new alcohol. And then eventually we'll probably have to go back to it because my liquor cabinet is getting kind of full. So i got to drain out some more before we can punish. But it also, you know, gives me a nice little habit of researching on stuff. But this one here, this gin, I just fell into it today at Costco. Because there was a guy doing a sampler for it. And he was telling me about the notes and everything else to it. I have a little taste of it. I'm like, this is beautiful. And he said it was named after the Empress Hotel in Victoria. So Empress Gin 1908. By all means, go out and try this. If you are a connoisseur of flavor and you don't pull a bunch of crap in your stuff, this stuff is awesome. So we just been having it straight with a bit of ice. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. And then our beer choice tonight was Guinness Blonde. That was great, man. But thanks for everybody, man. To be here and uh, yeah, that's great. I hope, uh, hoping we, we we keep keep growing yep. and uh, we're just gonna keep adding more and more and more more content, more and more uh, accessibility to to files and, and uh, yeah, no, it's just we're no, just growing like balls busy, man. Now it's not. Oh, no, it's fucked up Fridays, right? Yeah, fucked up Fridays and. So thank you for joining us. I'm Crazy Craig, and I'm not 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 uh, Case Nick. Not Case Nick. <laughs> not case I said iconic Nick, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not being nice to myself. No. no, you're not being nice to yourself. Oh, okay. Right. I'm not doing too bad. And we no longer like Case Nick's better. And we, and we no longer we we, we no longer master, have um, masturbating Mike. Guy. He is a fucking buddy. jerking the off fuck? to bad Asian porn. Jesus Christ, buddy, man, get off the porn. And our special guest was uh, Rob Birch from Motorfit Group. Yep. And uh, we appreciate it coming out. And look forward to you again on the next Fucked Up Friday. Yeah. Woo!